What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This is David Finlay, and you're listening to Sports Guys Talking Wrestling. When they're not covering the sports world, they're talking about the world of professional wrestling. It's Sports Guys Talking Wrestling. Now with Justin Simmons, here's Stu Myron. Sports Guys Talking Wrestling, not on the horn this week due to Texas men's basketball. They are battling those dastardly Sooners from north of the Red River. But, hey, we're going to do a podcast uh, anyway, and it is so good for the first time, not only this year, but this decade, to welcome my tag team partner. He is Justin the Smash Simmons. Happy New Year, Stu. Good to see you. How are you, man? I'm hanging in there. Just All right, should, I, should, should we call you Ralph Macchio? <laughs> that that has been a popular sentiment. Yeah, on, online. that was that was uh that was kind of funny on mm. online, and to help us bring in the new year and the new decade, uh, a man that we love dearly. He is the leader of the Busted Open Nation. You hear him every day on SiriusXM Fight Nation, Busted Open Radio. He is our good friend Dave Lagreca. Happy New Year, my friend. Happy New Year, boys. How are you? We are doing good. Uh, how are things up in the Northeast? Cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine so. It's uh, it's you know not obviously not near as cold here. We I think we hit what sixty five today. I'm not sure. So, it was how, nice to be outside. It was nice to be if you if you didn't suffer from cedar fever. Um, no, not me. Yeah. So and and I'm really going to enjoy in about two weeks because I'll be in Miami for Super Bowl and it's. 70s and 80s down there so uh it'll be a it'll be a nice nice change of pace from the last couple of years so uh are you you're not coming down there are you nope uh nope. the last super bowl i worked was the one in houston right so the last couple you know i unfortunately i missed that one in minnesota when it was what minus 19 degrees oh. and uh, like I'm glad you're going to be out in Miami. You're going to have a good time. That's I'm going gonna, gonna, gonna to miss being uh, hanging out with you for I, sure. I know I miss seeing you up there. So, um, let's talk a little New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, this weekend, this past weekend, we had Wrestle Kingdom, had New Year's Dash. Uh, give me your overall uh, view. What did you think? You know, it's always Wrestle Kingdom seems to always set the bar when it comes to wrestling action. Yeah, I thought they did that again. And I actually like the new format of having it two nights. Um, I thought night number one was fantastic. Uh, night number two, just as good. Uh, I, I, you know, the Moxley and Lance Archer from your neck of the woods, I thought was an excellent match. Abushi uh, and Okada was fantastic. And then what we saw uh, with, with Jericho uh, in night number two, I thought, Overall, I thought the you know you had about five or six like off the chart fantastic matches between the two nights. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, especially with Moxley and Lance. Uh, first of all, I th- I think there may not be 
a working chair anywhere in Tokyo after that match. They seemed, <laughs> they seemed to use every chair that they could find, and then and then a few more. Um, and then, yeah, it was just nuts. Uh, yeah, Okada Ibushi. I mean, what a what a battle that was. Uh, the battle with Naito and Jay White, like you said. Uh, how good was it to see Hiromu Takahashi back in the ring after after that devastating neck injury and, and recovering from that, and we finally get to get him back in the ring? Yeah, and then having that match, uh, you know, where, like, they told the story. The commentators did a fantastic job telling the stories of that neck and him being back. And, you know, an Osprey going after that neck. And then for me, and and I kind of tweeted it out during night number two, uh, but, you know, if I was to put a list of my top ten greatest wrestlers of all time, Jericho and Tanahashi would be on that list. And I get them both in the ring together. And what the, what a shock to see Tanahashi tap to, to Jericho. I mean, that was definitely shocking. But, man, I mean, just top to bottom. It's going to be hard to beat Wrestle Kingdom 14 the rest of the year. Is it just me or Okada can never have a bad match? He, he has like the best matches at the biggest times, and, and we haven't yeah. really mentioned it, but I mean, I really felt that the main event lived up to its hype because I, I think if you follow New Japan, you, you already had a feeling that this was going to be the crowning achievement for Naito. And the way that that story was told how he has to go about it, how he even tried to go with his old finisher thinking it might actually work and it still didn't work. <laughs> you know, you just saw like the evolution of everything he's went through all in that one match. It was just quite phenomenal to see. Yeah. Okada's off the charts, man. The matches that he's given us the last three years have been nothing short of fantastic. And like you mentioned, Okada and Naito, how about, you know, Okado and Ibushi, even Ibushi, like uncharacteristic throwing those punches, um, you know, because he was getting so frustrated and not being able to gain the advantage. And it's just, again, when it comes to wrestling, I mean, nobody does it better than New Japan. You're absolutely right. And especially the storytelling, because you had had kind of the moment where Ibushi was starting to get frustrated and and mm-hmm. started to take some shortcuts with the punches and everything. And then the then it seemed to shift to Okada, where Okada started to get frustrated a little bit. And even the crowd could sense it. And they, they kind of changed their their uh their loyalties a little bit. I mean, it was just it was so masterful to see the story that was laid out with that match. Unlike I mean, it's unlike anything you see anywhere else. Yeah, it's I I agree, and and listen, we're gonna get closer to WrestleMania, and I know I'll see you guys uh, in Tampa for WrestleMania. I hope, and you know, it's when but when it, you know, and that's a great mix of wrestling and entertainment and music and everything else. But when it comes to just pure old school wrestling and storytelling, you know what we saw at the Tokyo Dome was amazing and then even like he had over 40,000 fans for night number one over 30,000 fans for night number two so you know between the two nights over 70,000 fans I mean that's it shows you that you know pro wrestling is alive and and well you know across the board and around the world yeah and I'm I can't wait to hear the you know see if we get any indication of how many people were watching it whether it was on New Japan Pro NJPW World or on Fight TV or whatever but mm-hmm. I know a lot of people were let me ask you this the the two night format did you like that and do you think 
WWE should consider it. I I liked it. I liked it a lot. You know, I obviously Wrestle Kingdom shorter than what we've been getting from WrestleMania lately. You know, the show is just a little over five hours. Uh, I'm glad they broke it up into two nights. And you know, I, I wasn't bored. I wasn't let down. There wasn't a lot of filler to me, especially once you get to the uh, the main event matches. You know, the second half of the card for both nights. Uh, I I don't know if it would work for WrestleMania. One thing I one thing that's got to change when it comes to WrestleMania is the, the the seven seven and a half hour shows. I mean, those are ridiculous. I mean, what we got uh, last year is the main event starting after midnight. You, you just can't do that. But when it comes to to the WWE and WrestleMania, is there enough storylines and feuds to that are exciting enough to be over the course? Of two nights. Yeah, the only reason it worked out this time is because it was booked well and it was booked correctly. That's not a guarantee each and every time. Yeah, I mean, and and look what's and and it's a great point, just because look what's going on now. Like, how many great stories are going on in the WWE right now that you're going to be really looking forward to for for WrestleMania? There's not a lot. So, if you're asking it to be over the course of two nights, that that. And and then spreading main events like we saw with Wrestle Kingdom 14, where you have enough to spread it around that people are going to be interested. I, I don't know if you can do that right now. Yeah, I agree with you. There's just you know, n- never mind the the scheduling aspect because if you do two nights of WrestleMania, when are you going to do say NXT Takeover? When you're going to do the Hall of Fame? When you're going to do you know now SmackDowns on Fridays? So that kind of throws a wrench into everything. So I get that, and and like you said, there's just there's just a lack of. There are not enough to not enough strong storylines right now that you could spread over two nights like you did with Wrestle Kingdom. Wrestle Kingdom it worked perfect, especially with the double gold dash. It worked perfectly because you had the two the two title matches on night one, and then the two champions yep. meeting on night two. It worked out beautifully. Uh, give me your thoughts on Jushin Thunder Liger. His his final final matches in the ring after a you know thirty plus year career. Uh, you know, I, I said, I've said a lot of times for a lot of people, you know, Jushin Thunder Liger, when he appeared in WCW, well, that was a lot of people's first introduction into Japanese, the Japanese style of pro wrestling. Yeah. I mean, what, what a, what a weekend he went out flat on his back, which is the way a veteran should go out when it comes to pro wrestling. And then the awesome ceremony they had for him at, at New Year's dash. And then just that, like, just that that moment of appreciation after his last match uh, in night number two. I mean, Liger, you know, like you said, over 30 years for a lot of people, it was their introduction to to Japanese wrestling. He, he a legend, and man, I, I do my power rankings, and Stu, you know, it's very controversial. My weekly power <laughs> rankings really gives me a lot of crap for my power rankings. You get a lot I of crap, just, Liger. You get a lot of crap just from Bully Ray and Tommy Dreamer. I had to put Liger at number one just because, you know, and even though he lost both his matches, just, you know, what he's given to pro wrestling, what he did, the spotlight he's put on Japanese wrestling. And again, the respect that he went out the right way um, and and getting pinned. uh, That's the way a legend's supposed to do it when they say goodbye. And no one did it better than Liger. You're absolutely right. We're talking with Dave LaGreca from Series 6M's Busted Open here on Sports Guys Talking Wrestling. So let, let's look a little bit forward. We've got uh, the cards set for the New Beginning Tours, both 
over in Japan and in the U.S. Uh, a couple of highlights. Let's start with the with Japan cards, uh, including what we saw at the end of well, but actually at the end of both nights when Moxley was out there, Minoru Suzuki of all people coming down and uh, wanting to play with John Moxley now. When when they announced the Moxley and Lance Archer match, and and as you said, Lance is a is a Texas kid, and we know him well here. As violent and and crazy as that match was going to be, and we knew it was going to be, and now you've upped it by bringing in the head of Suzuki Goon, and probably one of the most most dastardly and evil men ever to set foot in a ring in Minoru Suzuki. And put him against John Moxley. I mean, <laughs> I mean, this is just this is I, I I can't even find words to describe this. Yeah, this is taking it to another level. Like when I saw Lance Archer uh, night number one for Wrestle Kingdom, it kind of reminded me of Bruiser Brody the way he came to the ring and he was just leveling people as he was getting to the ring. It reminded me a bit of Bruiser Brody. And we got that Texas death match like we got for Wrestle Kingdom. But then you see Suzuki, and that's just bringing it to another level. I mean, he's the ultimate madman when it comes to New Japan. And, man, John Moxley, he's living the dream right now. I mean, we all know that he, he left the WWE not under the best circumstances. I don't think they ever really used him to his fullest potential. And this, this, that weekend was the first time he ever wrestled in the Tokyo Dome. And you could see after that match with Lance Archer, the way he looked up to the crowd, the way he looked up to the sky, pointed his finger up, that was a dream come true for him. Now you're taking it to another level with Suzuki. I mean, this is just, you talk about, you know, the styles that complement one each other. That's Suzuki. That's, you know, I'm sure Moxley has looked up looked up to him and this should be you know one hell of a match yeah that's going to be in osaka on february 9th uh for the u.s title john moxley defending him against minoru suzuki the the couple shows before that one of them i i saw this on on paper and I, I had to look like three or four times so the first night in sapporo it's going to be tai chi and minoru suzuki against get this john moxley and Kazuchika Okada. Now, could you pick? I mean, we all talk about the random tag teams. Can we get more random than arguably the man that's had some of the greatest matches in Wrestle Kingdom history with the the Death Rider himself? I mean, how how more different can you find two tag team partners? Right. I, I guess opposites attract, right? I mean, you couldn't, you know, you 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 couldn't get further apart, especially. This John Moxley that we've gotten uh, these last ten months, and what we've gotten from Okada. Okada is the the five star. If you listen to Dave Meltzer, the seven star matchmaker, <laughs> and then John Moxley, who's just uses barbed wire and chairs and just makes a mess of things. It 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 doesn't belong, but in a strange way, I'm really looking forward to seeing them team together. Yeah, I am too. Um, taking a quick look at the U.S. tour. Which, by the way, you know, I, I love the fact, of course, the first thing caught, pop, caught my eye, January 30th, they just happened to be in Miami, which is also the home for the for Super Bowl 54. Uh, so, you know, I'm going to try to make that. Uh, the main event, you've got Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kota Ibushi, taking on the Gorillas of Destiny. Uh, but 
up and down this card. You, you all, every every one of these cards. The Rock and Roll Express are making their return to New Japan for this tour as well. I, these are going to be some some great shows that are happening throughout the Southeast uh, coming late January into early February. Yeah, this is this this is going to be uh, something that's going to be very unique and, and, and very big if you think about it, too, because you look at New Japan right now, they're in a transitional period. You know, last year was all about their expansion into the U.S. and how successful they can be. But right now they're off of Access TV, and um, I don't know how healthy the relationship is with AEW, if that's even a possibility after seeing Moxley and Jericho. I'm very interested uh, to see what these shows are going are gonna to do. Yeah, in fact, I, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that. So after the after Jericho's match on night two with Tanahashi, uh, he made some comments because yes, allegedly now this you know the him having the AEW title there, he was signed off by Tony Khan and and he had the blessing. You know, there's been a lot of talk about the you know that was just that's just for the match. There is no no other relationship. Well, Chris Jericho seemed to. Uh, at least, you know, kind of share the thoughts of most wrestling fans. Take a listen. So now the forbidden door is closed. But I don't think it needs to be closed. Usually you hear me up on this stage screaming and yelling and causing a scene. And I'm not going to do that tonight. Because I had the chance over the last two years to wrestle the four amazing talents that I wanted to wrestle when I came back to New Japan in 2017. Kenny Omega, Tetsuya Naito, Kyosuke Okada, and Tanashi Hirashi. All four tremendous, and I would like to wrestle all of them again. Obviously, Kenny and I are in AEW, but there's no reason why we can't continue to work together with New Japan. Put aside all the hurt feelings, put aside all the egos, put aside all of the issues and politics and concentrate on great wrestling matches and big business. I haven't been doing this at the highest of levels for 29 years as what some people say the greatest of all time because I'm a stupid businessman. I can see the amount of money that we could make together with AEW and New Japan, both here in Japan and in the United States and Canada and England and Australia and all around the world. So even though I beat Tanahashi tonight, I would be more than willing to wrestle him again anytime. And I would be more than willing to give him an AEW title shot. And Okada, and Naito, and Suzuki, and Ibushi, and Osprey. But I don't own New Japan. I'm not the president of New Japan. I don't own AEW. But I'm gonna do everything that I can to create a bridge to do more amazing matches and more amazing big business wrestling shows. I don't know when I'm coming back to Japan, but I do know that I will be the AEW champion for a long time. So the ball is in the decision maker's hands. But as far as Chris Jericho goes, the pain maker, the champion, I am more than open and very hopeful that we can do business together in the future. Um, your thoughts on what Jericho had to say? 
he's he 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 said it. He's he's a smart businessman, and this is what's best for business. Why wouldn't you want to? Like, obviously, New Japan, I think, needs it maybe even more than AEW just because of that expansion into the U.S. And AEW is a very very hot commodity right now. But as you know. Uh, AEW is going to need some talent for certain shows that are going to pop and potential having Naito and Okada and Tanahashi. I mean, why, why would you not want to make sure that there's a nice bridge between these two companies? And, you know, I, I thought that was very poignant what Jericho had to say uh, after night number two for Wrestle Kingdom. And then, you know, Nick Jackson quickly said that there's nothing brewing. And then Cody said something, um, that's a little bit more optimistic, but if I'm AEW, I'm trying my hardest to, to have some kind of healthy relationship between the two companies. Well, you know, a couple of things pop into my mind. First of all, now that, like you said, new Japan, no longer on access TV, uh, whatever the reason. And you know, the, the talk was that, uh, access TV wanted new Japan to work with impact wrestling. New Japan said no, because of, the way they treated Okada back in the day, you know they which and, and really quick, Stu, yeah. that tells you how deep when there's when there's a problem with New Japan and they don't like the way thing it, it runs deep. That was years ago. Yeah, we're talking when about, you talk about that, and and honestly, the company is almost completely different than it was. It is different. I mean, that was TNA. This is Impact Wrestling, but I think I think those troubles run so deep. When it comes to New Japan, there was no way they were going to do business with Impact Wrestling. Well, it's more of a cultural thing where the respect is a huge deal. Mm -hmm. And for them to disrespect what essentially has become the future of professional wrestling in Okada, I guess the future is now, right? But I can see where they would not like to relent on those past transgressions, so to speak. No, it it, it it makes a lot of sense, and and you're right. The the key word is respect. So the way they treated Okada, and it it was ridiculous the way they treated Okada. Like you know that whole thing with you know Samoa Joe, and you know the, you know a, a couple weeks after that he's wrestling in the Tokyo Dome for crying out crying out loud. That's why like the Jacksons and you know and 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 Cody have to be very very careful here. And it goes back to what you're saying. Those words by Jericho were extremely respectful, number one. And number two, it's just good business. So why would you want to shut the door on something? Because you may need this at some point. And like you said, if they feel disrespected, they'll never be able to, to maintain a relationship. Yeah, that's right. Well, and the, and the other thing to think about is uh, the, you know, I think there may still be a connection with Ring of Honor, although they haven't used them. They haven't talked to them. I mean, outside of Dragon Lee showing up at the Tokyo Dome with the ROH TV title, or Ryu Lee, as, whichever one you want to call him, um, you know, but before then, when the, when the talent exchange was happening, a lot of times the New, J New Japan talent would almost always go over on the Ring of Honor talent. I don't know that AEW is going to allow that as much. Could you see that as a factor in whether AEW and New Japan build this relationship? It's a possibility, and 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 again, let's you know with with Jared, 
here's the thing. Tanahashi tapped to Jericho in the Tokyo Dome. Like, that's his home turf. That's his building. You know, nobody's logged more minutes in the Tokyo Dome for Wrestle Kingdom than Tanahashi. And he tapped to Chris Jericho. And it was a shock. I mean, to me, that was completely shocking. To, to, to give that respect, to give that to nod to somebody like Jericho, I think that's their way of saying, hey, we're, we'll put over your talent here. Hopefully down the road, you're going to do the same if we come into the States. And, and if this does happen, I hope that AEW does do that. Yeah, I hope so too. I really do. Hey, um, I tell you what, can you, can you stay over for another segment? I want to get to WWE with you. Uh, if you can do another segment with me, with us. Great. Awesome. Okay. So we're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, Dave LaGreca of Sirius XM is busted open. We'll continue being with us. We'll talk some WWE. We'll talk the Monday night Messiah. We'll talk this, the wedding and anything else that comes to our minds. Stu Myrick, Justin the Smash Simmons, and Dave LaGreca. It's Sports Guys Talking Wrestling. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Damas y caballeros, ladies and gentlemen, this is Ricardo Rodriguez, and you're listening to Sports Guys Talking Wrestling. Sports Guys Talking Wrestling podcast only this week due to Texas men's basketball, so not on the horn. We will be back on the horn on January 22nd, back at our normal time of 8 p.m. Central. Stu Myrick, Justin Smash Simmons, Dave LaGreca from SiriusXM's Busted Open joining us. Well, let's get to WWE. It's been it's been an interesting few weeks, and uh, especially with you know the holidays and and everything. Um, let's start with let's start with what happened Monday night on Raw. Brock Lesnar, the WWE champion, with Paul Heyman comes out. And they declare that Brock Lesnar is going to enter the Royal Rumble. And he's going to enter at number one. This is because they, you know, he can't find a contender worthy enough to vie for the title. So he's going to just enter the Royal Rumble and win the Royal Rumble. Now, th- before we get to anything, they it seems clear that this the the title is not on the line in the Royal Rumble match. This is just Brock Lesnar wanting to win the Rumble. Your thoughts on Brock Lesnar? in the Royal Rumble when it rolls into Houston? Uh, it's interesting. I mean, it, it, it's compelling. Uh, it, it, I, I, I'm definitely going to tune in to see what happens. And, you know, listen, I, I think we all know Brock is not going to win this Rumble. Something is going to happen, whether it's a surprise entering at 30 or so, something crazy is going to happen that's going to lead to his match at WrestleMania for so for that alone I'm very very intrigued and like you said 
this isn't like 2016. 2016, Roman was the champion, and he defended his title at the Rumble, and then Triple H won, and then we saw the match that we saw in Texas at WrestleMania 32. But I'm I'm very intrigued about Brock entering at one. I, you know, okay, so so let's 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 spell out a couple scenarios. Which one do you think will be more likely? Uh, a Brock comes in number one, lasts a long time, and then, you know, somebody, you know, somebody eliminates him, and that somebody is the one he's going to face at WrestleMania, if not sooner. B, it's a group of guys that eliminate him. Those and that group of guys ends up competing in the elimination chamber with the winner facing Brock at the Royal Rumble. I think it's going to be somebody is going to eliminate Brock and win the Rumble, and they're going to face each other at WrestleMania. That's what that's what I think. And I think it's somebody, if I were to guess, I'm going to guess it's somebody who's currently not on the roster. Really? It's going to be a, it's, it's going to be a return. It's going to be somebody who's returning. Well, really? you know, there's, you know, there is talk that, you know, he's, you know, with, with his knee surgery hopefully being done, it could be Cain Velasquez. We all know it should be Cromier. <laughs> that would make the most sense. Yeah. Well, yeah, why not? Daniel Cormier, sure. Why not? I mean, I, I'd rather see that than Cain Velasquez. True. Yeah, I think I'm there with you. Um, you know, and and tell me, you know, tell me if you tell me if you agree. I think there's a there's something to that because. He's right. It's not a matter of nobody's worthy. It's just you pick somebody from the Raw roster, it's just not a sexy matchup, whether it's Seth Rollins, which we saw twice last year, or if it's somebody else, you know, it doesn't scream WrestleMania title match, does it? No, and, you know, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, there really isn't anyone on the roster. That really excites me. Now, Brock has had great matches with Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. Like you said, two matches with Seth Rollins on two big pay-per-views last year where Seth won. But if, if, if you tell me it's Seth, it, it just really, it really doesn't excite me. There's really nobody on the Raw roster right now that I could say, you know, that's somebody I, wanted, I would want to see in the ring with Brock Lesnar. The only one maybe that could be something that could go back to history and, and kind of make a story is Randy Orton after what happened at SummerSlam in Brooklyn where, you know, Brock busted his head open with the elbow. Outside of that, there's really nobody on the roster currently that gets me excited. Yeah, I I just, I, I run through it and yeah, AJ, Randy, but it seems like, Randy and AJ are, are destined to meet each other, you know, mm. whether it's at the Royal Rumble or afterwards. And then it's kind of just okay, whatever. I mean, it's it's not like SmackDown where it it looks, you know, Daniel Bryan and, and the Fiend at least feels a little bit more like a title match, although we're going to get that at Royal Rumble. But, you know, and I think I think that's one of the problems that I've said all along, that's one of the problems with them putting the title back on Brock is that you don't have anybody right now that could 
that could even be believable against Rock. I mean, it's yeah, not, and it's that, not, and it's not matter of of Brock is you know Brock is the is an ultimate fighter and he's you know UFC and all that. It's just there's no story you can write that would make me believe that random raw wrestler could have a could have a chance of beating Brock Lesnar even storyline wise. Isn't that what makes it the ultimate underdog story? But this is more. This isn't so much about Brock as it is about the WWE not being able to develop the next John Cena, essentially. Like, if just if Cena came back, I'm sure everybody would pop. And I know that would be something I'd be interested in just because the last time we had that match, Cena got manhandled, but maybe this time it'd be different. You don't know. Um, that would be my only guess. But in this case, it's just because the reason that Brock has a title is because they don't have anybody worthy enough to elevate that title into a, a higher atmosphere. They tried Seth Rollins and it still hasn't worked. Yeah. You guys are right about everything. You know, when you look at the fiend on SmackDown, it's, it's storyline driven. It's, it's truly a personality and a character when it comes to Brock, it's, it's a credible athlete. And, and Justin, you're right. They really haven't done a good job of taking somebody on that roster as we're getting closer to WrestleMania and truly build them up in a way that he's at superstar status that you can see him getting into the ring with Brock Lesnar and beating him. They haven't done a good job of, of really cultivating their talent. They haven't. So that's why I think it's got to be somebody who's returning, whether it's, you know, like you mentioned, the John Cena or, you know, if Edge uh, gets cleared, there's a lot of rumors about the possibility of Edge coming back, you know. You know, you'll throw out, you know, a, a crazy name like we always do, like a CM Punk. Um, it, it, to me, it's got to be a returning re- uh, wrestler. It, 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 I just don't buy into anybody who's on the, the roster currently. Let me ask, we, we mentioned Seth Rollins. And, you know, Seth Rollins has, you know, they've turned him heel. He's aligned himself with AOP. And now he's the Monday Night Messiah. I is is it a, is it just a matter of relief that at least now we're seeing Seth Rollins fulfill a role that he's meant to fulfill? Yeah, I mean, I was very critical of Seth Rollins on the microphone during his his babyface run as champion. Like, it just didn't show a lot of passion or emotion. It just that that role just did not fit him. I think he works better as a heel. I like the guys from AOP uh, by his side. It, it just feels more right, and it's a better fit for Seth Rollins than him as a babyface champion. Speaking of speaking of roles, before I go to the before we get to the wedding, uh, Drew McIntyre, who is a is a you know, fantastic hand in the ring, great wrestler, a great heel, but it seems like the last couple of weeks they've had him doing some stuff that lends you to believe they may want to turn him babyface. He's interacting with the crowd. He's actually, you know, getting crowd chants and he's leading crowd chants. Are they about to turn Drew McIntyre babyface? Yeah, I think so. Um, and I think it's just for the reason that Justin said. They they there's a lack of of, of babyface wrestlers that the fans believe in on that raw roster. And I don't think it's, it's, it, I think it's too soon for him as far as being in a main event at this year's WrestleMania. But I feel like Drew McIntyre by this time next year is going to be somebody that you're going to say is a main eventer. And 
Um, I think him being a baby, you know, that large guy, that larger in life persona, I think it could click. I think it could really work. Yeah, we saw him. We saw him work babyface in NXT when he was NXT champion, and and he yep. seemed to ha- he seemed to do pretty well with it. So I'm I think I'm with you. I could see that happening. Um, so let's let's go. Let's get to this wedding because when it first when this storyline first started, I I just I shook my head. I was like, why are we doing this? You know, let's leave the Attitude Era back in the '90s. And it has, it has gotten to the point of absurdity where it's almost like a car crash. You, you, I mean, it's it's horrible. It's it's just, you know, utterly absurd. And yet you can't take your eyes off of it. It's got huge YouTube numbers. It does. Um, and WWE it, Vince it, loves that. We know. They do. It pops a rating. It, uh, Stu, I'm with you. It's, it's, it's not my cup of tea. I, I said this on Busted Open. I'm I'm not a big fan of it, but you're right. It's so ridiculous that it's hard not to watch and it's hard not to laugh. Um, it's all that know, anybody uh, ever talks about. It's like the first thing they talk about after Raw. Yeah. No, you're right. It's And, and, and you can make the case that the most over wrestler on Raw right now is Rusev because of his storyline. Um, you know, he gets a huge pop every time you see him. Um, it's again, it's not my cup of tea, but who am I to complain? Who am I to point fingers? And who I am think... I to say that this is stupid when every single person seems to be into it? And when you got 4 million people, five, 6 million people watching it on YouTube, it tells you right there that they're, they, they struck gold and it's a success. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Just a few years ago, we were all laughing at what Matt Hardy was doing in TNA we thought it was ridiculous, and then everybody kind of was like, "Oh, this is so absurd! That's genius!" And this is exactly what people wanted. They're like, "I always wanted it to be like the Attitude Era again. This is what it was like." In, in fact, the storylines were worse. But you, I, I don't think we're giving the talent enough credit in this case for continuing to be able to stick with it and really try their best to make it believable because uh, it's like seeing actors in a bad movie. You, you know there's nothing they can do to really save it, and they're just kind of going along for the ride, but they're they're doing their best with what they have to work with. No, they really are. I mean, I think they've, I think they've done a tremendous job, not only on TV, but on social media. Oh, yeah. You know, Lana has done a really good job of keeping this story alive on social media, so they're, they're completely buying into it. They are. I mean, Liv Morgan is, you know, they, Liv Morgan posting the pictures of her and Lana together. Uh, Bobby Lashley, who, you know, you've interviewed him. I've interviewed him. Uh, this is probably the most personality he's shown it, probably in his entire career. Um, it's just, yeah, it's it's car crash TV, but okay, fine. That's, I guess we'll roll with it for now. Uh Switching over to SmackDown, we talked about Daniel Bryan challenging The Fiend. And this has apparently precipitated a Miz heel turn. So Miz is back to being heel. I, I think The Miz is starting to rival Big Show as far as heel and face turns. Because it, like, it seems like every time you turn around, okay, we're going to turn him again. Let's talk about Daniel Bryan and Fiend first. They're going to have the rematch at Royal Rumble. Do you see, and I could actually make a case for Daniel Bryan winning the title and then going to WrestleMania to face whether it's Roman Reigns or 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 some other you know some other superstar. 
I don't know why, but I have a hunch they don't want The Fiend with the title at WrestleMania. No way. Dave, what do you think? They just made the belt, the replica belt. <laughs> they got to sell those things, too. <laughs> Which you could buy for $7,000. Yeah, um, no, thank you. I, uh, I think th- I, I, I agree with Justin here. I, I think they do want him and, to be the champion come right. WrestleMania because I, I, I think right now they're, they're probably coming up with the entrance for the fiend at WrestleMania. Oh, like I think that, I think that character, I think the reason they put the championship on him to begin with is to lead up to whatever is going to take place at WrestleMania. Listen, Daniel Bryan's going to have his time again. There is no doubt about it, but I'd be very surprised if the fiend drops the title before we get to WrestleMania. And of course, the first thing I think of when I think, when you said, you know, working up his entrance, for WrestleMania in Tampa, all I can think about is that is that damn entrance in Orlando at at the at Camping World Stadium with the maggots and and the projected whatever. And it's just oh, I mean, it was there's going to be bad. more lights this time, and there's going to be pyro. No, no, yeah, no, no red light, please. Um, I, I get that, and and you know, my brain said, and maybe it's just wishful thinking because I. I've said for a long time I I'm not a fan of having the fiend as as your universal champion just cuz mm-hmm. it's kind of it's kind of like Brock you you've booked yourself into a corner where you I mean I, granted I think they've done a decent job with Daniel Bryan and I think they could do a decent job maybe with Roman Reigns but you're putting the fiend as kind of this supernatural being a la Undertaker that can't be beat. Okay, Stu. No, I, I get it. So now we know exactly what know. has to happen is that the Undertaker needs to come back <laughs> no, and lose to Bray Wyatt so you'll actually believe in his supernatural powers. No, no. Undertaker Undertaker needs to stay in Spanish Oaks and ride his motorcycle in Lakeway and, and play golf. Does he really? I mean, one more payday wouldn't hurt. I don't know if he plays golf or not. I, I know mean, Spanish Spanish Oaks has a fantastic golf club down in Southwest. I was going to say he doesn't look like the golf playing type, but I'm not here to judge. Yeah, you're in Austin. Yeah, Everybody I agree plays with that golf. Too. He doesn't Even look I, like he would have a golf club in his hand. He might. Well, but that's what I'm saying. There's a there's a great golf course in his neighborhood. So you know, hey, why not? You know, maybe you know, just because you live on a golf course doesn't necessarily mean that you golf. Well, that's true. Um. Couple couple other things. Uh, it looks like we are going to get more dog food nonsense with Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin. Um, I would have loved if it resulted in a dog collar match, which you know, of course, harkens back to the thoughts of Greg Valentine and Roddy Piper at the first Starcade. But no, instead, it looks like it's going towards a dog food match. Ugh. Just much more palatable. Is this what is this what Fox paid a billion bucks to get? Uh, Stu, Fox showed Jerry Springer back in the day, so yes. I know, I know. And before that, they showed Cops. And before Cops, they showed The Simpsons. And before The Simpsons, they showed Married with Children. So yes, this is exactly what Fox paid for, and they love it. <laughs> Dave, help me out here. It's just, I don't know. Uh, uh, listen, I and and I know what Justin's saying, and, and look at the ratings, they're... they're, they're beating the competition in that 18 to 35 age group on primetime TV on Friday night. But it, they're 
SmackDown is clearly the weakest of the WWE shows since they moved over to Fox. I mean, I was always more of a SmackDown fan over Monday Night Raw, but since that move to Fox, like I think Raw has been pretty consistent and pretty good week in and week out. Man, SmackDown has just been mediocre to poor. Yeah, it just—it's it, by far the weakest of the th- of the three shows that they have. You know, with Raw, NXT, and SmackDown, it's Good. by far the weakest. And I could go the rest of my life and not hear that ACDC song again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a pretty it. weak song, unfortunately. I-, I was gonna say though, would you consider SmackDown kind of in the same boat? And just hear me out of AEW, where this was kind of like their soft opening, so to speak. They had a few months to get everything under the belt. Now this is the time to really judge them harshly because they're getting ready for that road to WrestleMania. So they have to start putting on their best. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, with AEW, you know, the the honeymoon period is over. So now they really got to harken down and put on good shows from week to week. And and I think for the most part that they have, I've, I've been really happy with AEW. But you're right about SmackDown. Other than their first episode and then the episode where the wrestlers weren't able to get back from Saudi and they used the NXT talent on SmackDown. <laughs> yeah, which ended up being you know, great. <laughs> which ended up being like the best show, right? True. Since other than that, I mean, I, I haven't been impressed with what SmackDown's done. And you're right. They got to start showing something because now, once we get past the Rumble, they're on that road to WrestleMania. They're they're going to have to do a lot better than what they've been doing. I get that. The difference being, SmackDown has been has been on television for twenty years or almost twenty years. Yeah, but this is all new in the sense where it's Friday night. You've been given a whole bunch of money by Fox. You finally got what you wanted. You're on national broadcast television, and you're and you're doing dog food storylines. I mean, there was it, 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 well, they, you have to curtail it for a certain demographic. There's, there, there was a time when SmackDown was the better show of of between Raw and SmackDown, right? Well, yeah, it was. It isn't anymore. And if you look at it, like on Raw, you're definitely getting a lot more lengthier matches on Monday Night Raw. You're getting better matches on Monday Night Raw, um, and you know, I, I think. Fox has definitely put up their end of the bargain. They 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 have plenty of commercials for SmackDown. They promote it during NFL football. So I always thought that there would be more of like a competition athletic edge to SmackDown. It's completely the opposite. I mean, SmackDown, the definition of sports entertainment on Friday nights. Uh, real quick, NXT, we just saw our man, the pride of Wichita Falls, Texas, and the former Aggie, which will make Justin happy. Keith Lee, when the match become number one contender to the North American title held by Roddy Strong, so it looks like it's going to be Roderick Strong, Keith Lee in two weeks. Uh, that should be a banger of a match. Yeah, I, I think we all agree Keith Lee is a talent. Um, I, I like that he's going after the North American championship right now instead of the NXT championship held by Adam Cole. I think that's better. You got to be slow with Keith Lee. You can't, you can't just throw him in the main event that quickly. I mean, you know, you, you don't want to waste it. He, he is awesome. He is, he, to me, he's one of the bright spots on that NXT roster. So I'm glad that they're, 
they're they're bringing him up slowly. I think the North American Championship would be perfect around Keith Lee's waist. And one, oh, go ahead, Justin. You were going to say something. Well, I had to ask you, Dave. Um, the, probably the most pressing question of the night: Which remake are you more excited about? Like the upcoming Bad Boys Three, or are you more excited about the new <laughs> Top Gun movie? Like, which one would you actually go to the theaters and go see? All right, Bad Boys Three, and what was what was the other one? The new Top Gun Two. Oh, man. I'm going to admit something. I've never seen the first Top Gun. Wow. <laughs> Try saying this on Busted Open. You're going to get lambasted, man. Never saw Top Gun, man. I, I how, did you, how, how, how did you, like, I only go saw through... it once, so. What? I mean, just because you are in, like, in the service doesn't mean, I'm like, not how. The, I'm not the we play that Tom thing Cruise on fan. TBS all the time. How could you ever miss it? <laughs> it was on HBO for it, years. It came out, Top Gun came out when I was like a senior in high school. Like a senior in high school isn't going to go see a Tom Cruise movie. Right. You know, like maybe if I was a little bit younger. And then, you know, I just I just never saw it. I just never saw it. I was more of a bachelor party. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you're telling uh, me they make, they make a remake of Bachelor Party. You know, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love Bachelor Party. <laughs> One of Tom Hanks' greatest roles. It is. You know what? It's the greatest Tom Hanks role. I, I, you know, I'll put it up there. It's, it's Even pretty close. Better I mean, than I'm a, I'll go. I'll, you know, I'm, I, I'm a big space program guy, so of course I love Apollo 13. But Bachelor Party right up there with it. Uh, before we let you go, during they, you know, they started the D- Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic on NXT, and they have announced that Kushida is reuniting. With his time splitter partner Alex Shelley. Oh wow! How excited are you to see the time splitters compete in NXT? Very excited. I mean, NXT is doing it right. I enjoy that show every week, and that is definitely uh, a team that I can't wait to see, and 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 possibly you know the team that could take the uh, the whole thing. And I think it's kind of cool too that you know. You're like watching that show today, watching NXT and AEW that you have the Dusty Rhodes Classic on NXT and then you have Cody and Dustin tagging together on AEW. It's it's pretty cool that they're keeping that Dusty Rhodes spirit alive on both shows on Wednesday night. I think that's awesome. And of all things, Arn Anderson coming down with the Rhodeses. Who would have thunk that after after he tried to break Dusty's arm all those years ago, and now there he is standing side by side with Cody and Dustin. It's something you never thought you'd see. It's <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable. I, I know. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to give Dustin some grief when he gets back to back home. I'll have to. I'll say, how'd you let that that you know that dastardly dog Aaron Anderson buy you? Have you caught any of the NWA lately? I know we had to let you go, but I just had to ask. No, I, I love it. I, I watch it every single Tuesday. I love the NWA. Because I was going to say, man, I was probably hard on Nick Aldis at first just because I'm like, he's going to be your champion? But now it's all like, man, when he talks, I look forward to it. He's so good. I understand why he's the champion now. He's really grown into that whole role. He, he's been amazing. I'll tell you what, you know, former NWA champion that I never thought a lot about, Tim Storm, he's been really good on that show oh, as well. Yes. So. Yeah, we we love Tim here. Uh, Tim Tim and I met a, f- a few years ago 
it was at a at a show in in South Austin, and he and I bonded over you know kind of like you and I bonded over old wrestling, and he's you know just you know as good of a wrestler he is, he's an even better man, and and love him to death. Uh, your let me get your pick for uh who who wins the TV title. Ooh, um, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Oh, there are a lot of good. There are a lot of good guys that are still in that tournament. I guess not. The, I know. not what makes the Go most ahead. sense storyline wise, but I guess what you would prefer to see. Like, who do you think would be your favorite? Well, you know what? It's 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 and here's and this is why like I'm kind of biting my lip. And this is why it's kind of tough for me because there's a lot of, of younger talent um, that's on that roster that a lot of the fans don't know. I mean, obviously, we love the nostalgia of that show. And like you said, Nick Aldis really won you over. But they're really trying to put over some of their younger talent. And that might be the title that you can use to put that younger talent that really isn't that known over and put them on a next level. Because let's face it, did you ever think like a question mark would be, you know, the hottest wrestler on that <laughs> on that roster. I mean, you know, it, it, you know, but you know what I'm saying? Like, they may want to yeah. put it on somebody of like a, somebody that's a little bit lesser known, just to kind of get over that I, talent for them, and kind of get over just that it's more than just a nostalgic piece with the NWA. I I may be biased, but uh, I would I would love to see Ricky Starks with that title because I think. He could he could really do some special stuff. We see him all the time here. He lives here in Austin. We see him all the time in Inspire Pro, and uh, I would love nothing better to see see Absolute Stroke Daddy with that title. See what he could do. But that's a, I think that might be a little bit of personal bias because you know like no, say, but you know, a, Stu, that's a, you know because you know I interviewed Dave Lagana and Billy Corgan, and Ricky Starks was the name they both they both brought up as uh, somebody that's really going to make waves with that show and is kind of the future of that company. So that's kind of like just what I'm explaining about. Like Ricky Starks would be the perfect person to wear that belt. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, I think it'd be, I think it'd be awesome. I'm going to see him. We'll see him in about a week and a half here in Austin for inspire pro. So Dave LaGreca, follow him on Twitter at David LaGreca one, catch him weekdays. On SiriusXM Busted Open on SiriusXM Fight Nation, uh, and you're doing Saturday, or y'all are doing Saturdays, or is Matt Camp uh, filling in for you? No, we have Ryan McKinnell does Saturdays with Mark. Okay, uh, every Saturday, but you know, you're you're right. We're live Monday through Friday on SiriusXM, and then you could always catch the Busted Open podcast as well. That's available each and every day. So we, we get that out there. It's, it, it runs about it, uh, 45 minutes to an hour long every day. It's out there. So, you know, definitely give it a listen. I appreciate it. Oh yeah. It's a fantastic stuff. Dave, look, we are, we're celebrating four years since we started as a podcast and I've told you time and again, um, it, I wouldn't have been inspired with doing this if, if it wasn't for you. So, uh, you know, you have my undying gratitude and, you know I love you, and uh, we will we'll we'll catch up here pretty soon. I hope we'll see each other. But yeah. until then, all the best to you, all the best to via give my love to Violetta and the family and and everybody at Busted Open, and uh, all the best to you, my friend. 
Well, I love you guys. It's Stu, you're the best. Dustin, thanks so much for the time, and uh, congratulations on four years. Thank you, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. All right, thank you. Davy is the best, isn't he? He's he's awesome, and uh, you know it was it's funny he mentioned about you know WrestleMania in Tampa, and uh, I didn't really have plans to go, but and we'll talk about this here in a bit. We'll in fact we'll take a break because of this uh, Texas Forever card that is going to happen in Ibor City, Florida, on WrestleMania weekend. Who knows? I may be winging my way down there. We'll see. <laughs> Uh, when we come back from this timeout, we'll talk a little more NXT. We'll also talk AEW. We'll, plus, we've got a couple big events in, da- in the Dallas-Fort Worth area this weekend preview. All that more next on Sports Guys Talking Wrestling. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. gentlemen just in case you're deaf dumb blind stupid or let's just assume poor this is mjf and you're listening to the sports guys talking wrestling how did that get on there oh wait i programmed that don't i sports guys talking wrestling podcast only this week Stu mark justin smash simmons your boy mjf there he didn't get he didn't get his he didn't get his answer from uh cody tonight on aew Oh, I think it'll be all right. I'm sure that match is coming down the line. I'm sure it will. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that comes down the line. Arn Anderson decided, hey, you know, Arn Anderson looked like he was going to whoop MJS, you know, <laughs> behind. Maybe. Um, John Moxley on AEW answered the challenge, answered the invitation for the inner circle by putting a sh- bottle of a little bit of the bubbly to Chris Jericho's head. Uh, so it looks like we are headed towards Moxley and Jericho, probably at Revolution in Chicago. Uh, we all knew it, it was going to happen, though, at this point. Yeah, of course we did. You know, it was, you know, that, but it was kind of funny how they led into it. They went a long time with the celebration. You know, they teased it. Moxley unveiled the Inner Circle shirt, and they went, I don't know, it looked like, like seven, eight minutes with them spraying champagne and or the sparkling wine and Oh, well, that's the whole stuff. final segment of the show. It was. It was. Um, it seemed like tonight's AEW, because, look, AEW, the, the, the wrestling has been great. It has been plagued by some issues, audio issues, timing, the picture-in-picture thing. It seems like tonight they pretty much had everything together. It, it, I didn't hear any audio issues. Um, it looked like, you know, you didn't miss anything in the picture-in-picture. I, I I still chuckle at Sammy Guevara doing the doing the cards a la Bob Dylan, you know during the picture in picture. Of course, Bob Dylan. Yeah, Bob Dylan did that in a music video way back in the day. 
Yeah. What's our demographic for this show now, Stu? <laughs> well, that's what you get when you got a 50-plus-year-old man. You know, uh, That's why I think Dylan. about it. That's right. Um, Bob Dylan. But, yeah, it, it was. I was it looked say, like a smooth show. Does anybody that watched AEW know who Bob Dylan is? I, I'm sure. Well, you were surprised when everybody knew who Diamond Dallas Page was. It was good to see DDP on. Yeah, no, it was good to see DDP. That that's a little bit more believable than Bob Dylan, though. I'd be surprised how many people now. I now when they come to Austin, I'm going to ask Dustin about getting this done. But we're going to line up a hundred fans at random, and, and we're going to ask him if they know who Bob, Bob Dylan, Dylan is. is. Okay, I bet you we could do that. Yeah. Yeah. So like randomly, yeah. don't forget. Yeah, that be. So By make sure way, you just tag this one. That's right. Bob Dylan. Make sure. Bob Dylan. Uh, don't forget AEW heading to the HEB Center, Cedar Park, February 12th for AEW Dynamite. AEWTix.com will be there. So should you. Um, and that'll be, that'll be what, two weeks out from Revolution. So we'll probably be seeing some good ramp up to the pay-per-view. Probably so. So, so yeah, uh, that'll be a, that'll be a fun show. Um, they released the new rankings for AEW this week. Uh, in fact, they released them today on Wednesday. And um, interesting, uh, you know, they reset the records for, uh, for you know, they're all, they reset, reset the records for 2020. The rankings, they'll still have the overall record tagged to them. Uh, tag team rankings, they've got Santana Ortiz, number one. Young Bucks, number two, Lucha Brothers, number three, Best Friends, number four, and Dark Order, number five. But how uh, come Cody and Dustin aren't hired now that they defeated the Lucha Brothers? I that's I bet you there might be a change next week. Because remember, these rankings came out before the telecast. Uh-huh. So uh, the, the women's rankings, uh, Chris Statlander, number one contender, followed by... Uh, Shida, Hukaru Shida, um, Nyla Rose, Awesome Kong, and Britt Baker, your top five. Of course, Rio still the women's champion after defeating uh, Chris Statlander, albeit with inadvertent help from the Nightmare Collective. And then the men's rankings with Chris Jericho still your champion. John Moxley one, Cody two, Kenny Omega three. Pack four and MJF at five. So we'll see how those rankings of, uh, are affected after what happened tonight. But uh, that's all leading up to uh, AEW Revolution on February 29th in Chicago. Um, should be should be an interesting pay per view. Whatever they come up with. I. Uh, Dallas Fort Worth is going to see a lot of live wrestling this weekend. Um, two big events will start Saturday night. Major League Wrestling returns to the NY Tech Sports Center in North Richland Hills with Zero Hour. This is a uh, Fusion TV taping at 7 p.m. on Saturday. The card looks like this in a barbed wire match um, because these two just can't seem to bleed enough. Yeah. Jimmy Havoc taking on Mance Warner. I mean, it's pretty much exactly what I expected. The last time they were in, the last time they were in DFW, they had a, a no holds barred. You know, I think it was a bunkhouse brawl. I think, if I remember correctly, Mance Warner got the win. 
But boy, there was a lot of blood spilled. Oh yeah, and this will be no different. Yes, this will be no different because it's barbed wire. Uh, you have the aforementioned MJF, who is also in MLW. He will be facing one half of the MLW Tag Team Champions, Marshall Von Erich. The stipulation is if MJF wins, then Dynasty gets a rematch at those tag team titles. Filthy Tom Lawler. What happens if he loses? Uh, then he does, they don't get the shot. Oh, ever? Oh, I don't know if it's. I don't think it's a like a Cody <laughs> thing. They just they just don't get a shot. See, I, I need more background. Um, well, the Von Erichs beat Dynasty for the titles. I know. So, uh, Filthy Tom Lawler turned his back on the Von Erichs. So Ross Von Erich is looking for revenge. So that's a that'll be a grudge match on Saturday night in a triple threat tag team match. You got Drago and Puma King take on. Hio de la Park and Torres taking on Cota Brazil and, um, oh, name escapes me. Anyway, Injustice. <laughs> um, there's a, the, the other, it's not, and it's not, um, it, Jordan Reed. That's, that's his name. I was thinking of, uh, Myron, um, Myron. His last name is Reed also. Oh, it is. Yeah. So I may be getting that wrong. Anyway, that's, that'll be a triple triple threat tag match with some of the luchadors from triple a uh speaking of which septimo dragon will have conan in his corner he will face i think they're calling him uh i can't even i'm not even gonna try to say it it's l oh they T-O-C-A-B-L-E, call c-a-b-l-e i think it's intocable thank you the uh, untouchable one yes the man we know is the latin heartthrob gino medina intocable is also a really huge like the hano band so if, oh, you, google, if you google that phrase yeah you'll get a whole bunch of spanish right. music oh, which is go. actually pretty good in a no holds barred match davy boy smith jr taking on simon gotch in a battle between the heart foundation and contra unit speaking of dynasty alex hammerstone will defend the MLW National Openweight Championship against Aerostar. Every time I hear the name Aerostar, all I can think about is him jumping off the balcony at the Austin Music Hall when Lucha Underground was here back in March of 2016, right after we started. Yeah. We were there live for that for the one one and only time Lucha Underground left the temple. And uh that was that was scary. <laughs> and then in the main event, Jacob Fatu will defend the MLW World Heavyweight Championship against Brian Pillman Jr. So Brian Pillman Jr. trying to do the one thing that his father could never do, win a world title. And he gets that shot Saturday oh, night. I was going to say, but his dad was the World Cruiserweight Champion. World Cruiserweight Champion. We never won a World Heavyweight title. That's different. You're right. He did, win, he did win Cruiserweight titles. And he won the World Tag Titles, too. And he was a tag champ, yes. I was going to say, but this Alex Hammerstone guy, uh, like... I really like his work recently. He's yeah, he is especially really on Twitter. Good. He's done he's really got, well. <laughs> yeah, and he's got a look that I mean, good lord, looks like he's just chiseled out of granite. So anyway, that's MLW Zero Hour this Saturday, seven p.m. at uh, NY Tech Sports Center. That's the home of the oh, what's the hockey team in Fort Worth? They oh, I can't remember it. Nah, man, don't, don't. There is a, there is a hockey team. That's their that's their arena. Anyway, the NY Tech Sports Center in North Richmond Hills. I believe tickets are still available. You can go to mlw.com if you're interested in attending. And then if you do decide to attend, just spend the night and then get up Sunday and head to the Bomb Factory in Dallas 
Impact Wrestling presents Hard to Kill. That'll be on Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. It will be on pay-per-view and fight TV. Uh, the Hard to Kill card looks like this. Moose taking on Rhino. Uh, Rhino finding new life in Impact Wrestling, the former ECW world champion. Madman Fulton taking on the world's do- most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock. It's hard to believe it's almost been a year since we had him in Atlanta at that bar brawl. Him and Filthy Tom Lawler, for, yeah. ironically. And then had him on Radio Row. It was fantastic. The North, each, Ethan Page, Josh Alexander, who have held those Impact Tag Team titles forever. Mm-hmm. They have had them a long time. Uh, they will defend those titles against Rich Swan and Willie Mack. Now that's a cool tag team. That is a cool tag team. Yeah, like I, I really like them together, so it, I, I can see them winning it. Michael Elgin will take on Eddie Edwards. And if Michael Elgin wins, he gets Edwards' Call Your Shot trophy. He uh, Eddie Edwards won the Call Your Shot gauntlet at their last pay-per-view. I think it was the Bound for Glory pay-per-view. Uh, and that trophy entitles Eddie Edwards to a sh- to a match, a title shot for any title he wants in Impact Wrestling, whenever he wants it. Well, Michael Elgin wants that shot, so he and Eddie Edwards are going to battle. Ace Austin taking on Trey Miguel, or I think they're just calling him Trey now, <laughs> for the X Division Championship. Trey, part of the Rascals. In a triple threat match, Ty Valkyrie, who just celebrated one year, as Impact Wrestling Knockouts champion, she will defend that title against Jordan Grace and ODB, which you mentioned NWA. She's also been making waves in the NWA as well. Yeah, she good was, to see her there as well. She was fighting Thunder Rosa on the last episode. Power. She did. She did. And then in the main event, a match that has garnered a lot of attention. Sammy Callahan will defend the Impact Wrestling World Championship. Against Tessa Blanchard. So what happens if she wins, Stu? If she wins, she's the world champion. I mean, but is wrestling broken forever if she wins? I mean, we're, we're going into uncharted territory. Yes, we are. Because this is a poss- strong possibility that she does win. Because this is her match. She doesn't wrestle other women. You rarely see it if she does. You're right. I mean, heck, we saw her wrestle Brian Cage. We've seen her. We've seen, I've seen her wrestle Sammy Callahan at uh, Slammiversary back in the summer, back last summer. But this isn't a one-time deal. This, this is, is like somebody is, that would be the face of the company, not holding the women's title, but, but holding the world title. Um, I mean, are you is ready wrestling for that? broken? Is wrestling ready I, for that? I, I d- mean, I I don't think wrestling's broken. Is wrestling ready for it? We will see. There, there, uh, there's a lot of talk on both sides, and I'll be—I haven't made up my mind yet. I'm—I want to be open-minded. At the same time, there's the there's the—I don't know. It's—it's hard to say, and and I'm and I'm—I apologize if I sound wishy-washy, but that's—it's the truth. Well, I'm just going to say, and this is not directed towards you, but just in general to anybody who might be on the fence about this, if you're going to sit there and you're going to watch Joey Ryan dick flip people and laugh about it and be okay with it, if you're going to sit there and you're going to watch barbed wire matches where people spill 
actual real blood on the mat and be okay with it. You're going to watch Orange Cassidy do what he does. And you're going to like that, and you're going to sit there, and you're going to clap for it. You're going to sit there and play along with the whole Lana storyline, and you're going to sit there and cheer for it and go look for the YouTube videos. If you can sit through all of that, then there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to dis... You shouldn't be able to dis... Suspend your disbelief for Tessa Blanchard to be yeah. the world champion, but just just keep in mind though, because uh, nothing wrong with being open minded, but because the outlook of professional wrestling has changed in the last decade or so, yes. this is one of those things that was going to bound to happen. You're right. It, it's it's been teased forever. I mean, we've seen women. Well, China had China, the IC right. belt. China's held the IC belt, but it, and China the wasn't thing, the only one. It was uh, somebody else had it. Um, but the thing was is, it it's Beth probably, Phoenix. It's probably Beth Phoenix. Yes. Well, she entered the Rumble too. Yeah. But the thing is, is that both Beth Phoenix and 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 China. I mean, no offense to Tessa, but I've seen all of them in person, and those two. I mean, they were gigantic yes. Amazon women. Yes. Where Tessa is no bigger than myself. Yeah, so you're right. Uh, so it is kind of hard for me to suspend my disbelief it, when she's taking on somebody like Brian Cage because I automatically think, well, if we're built the same, and granted she's way more athletic, I still don't think I would have a, a chance against Brian Cage. <laughs> you know, it you know it kind of goes, and you're right. On the surface, yes, I, I you know I accept it. That's fine. It is a it, there is a size thing now. It's just like. Ray Mysterio beating John Bradshaw Layfield for the for the world title back at WrestleMania 20. It's um, Daniel Bryan beating Batista and Randy Orton. Well, Daniel Bryan can fly. <laughs> yeah, but that evens it out. You and see then, Daniel Bryan, you see Batista. I know, but the thing is, it's like, oh well, Daniel Bryan. Like, what? I guess that's my question is because I, I I guess I don't know enough, but what's What's Tessa's calling card when it comes to her wrestling ability? Because when I think, like, what makes those other guys believable winners is just because, well, Rey Mysterio is lightning quick and he has all the moves coming off the top rope and he's an innovator. Then you have Daniel Bryan who can put you in any hole necessarily, plus he has the high-flying ability. Right. So he can match up with anybody no matter how big they are. But, like, what makes Tessa able to i guess what balance makes, everything out right what makes you think tessa is on that level that she could be a world champion because every time i see her in a, in a match against i guess a lot of them have been against sammy callahan and i always see her with a chair in her hand or a baseball yeah. bat yeah. ready to hit somebody with a weapon which is a great equalizer fine but you you don't win a world title off of hitting somebody with a bat unless you're the bad guy, or or if it's a if it's a no holds barred match, even you know, or then something though. Like that. But even then, yeah, you don't really see it that often in world title matches. So no matter uh, what the company, I, I wasn't sure if she like is she resting on her wrestling abilities to out wrestle these guys, and that's what makes her a believable champion. Th- is it the fact that she does carry the weapons and she's not afraid to use them? I, like, I think it might be that it's her wrestling ability plus being as tough as nails. Um, well, there's a, a lot, lot of that, tough guys now, out granted, there. A though, lot too. of that. I know. I know. I'm not. I, I'm not. I, it's it's not that I'm trying to defend her. I'm simply stating the case from from what I have seen. 
it is a matter of the toughness and her ability. I mean, we'll see. I mean, you know, the the que- the first question is, will Impact pull the trigger? More will they likely. put the world title on Tessa Blanchard? If I'm Impact, yes, because you want people to talk about your promotion. It's not a bad idea. That definitely would get everybody talking well, real quick. You know, that's kind of the... The, it's not David Arquette. It's a real it's, wrestler. It's not David Arquette. No, somebody that's paid their dues regardless of her last name. Yes, uh, I yes, absolutely right. Um, it's I because I, I'll be honest. I really thought I thought they were going to pull the trigger and have her have her beat Sammy at Slammiversary, and they didn't. That probably would have been a more opportune time to do it, but this is right around WrestleMania time. Just get everybody getting ready. Uh, this would be a good time to try try again. I don't see why they wouldn't have the rematch if the, she wasn't going to win it. Because you can always have Sammy Callahan win it again and have a long title reign. Right. And I'm not even sure if that's the guy that they want being the face of the company. It's uh, like Who does Impact want as the guy right now? Well, that's the thing. I don't know who they want, whether it, whether it's Michael Elgin or if it's maybe they give Eddie Edwards another run or, um, you know, maybe try Brian Cage again. I don't know. Um, it's it's one of those things where there's 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 a few names that you could see happen, but it's mostly guys that have held the title already. Exactly. So it's nothing new. Yeah. So they need something new. This is the only thing that I can think of. Well, and that's you know that's what's gonna it it that's something Impact Wrestling is going to have to look at as they go forward in 2020 is restocking the restocking the talent roster. Um, because you are reliant. You you know look at the look. You've got Rhino who's been at it for a long time. Ken Shamrock, who's been at it a long time. Rod Van Dam, who's been at it a long time. Um, you know, there's there's three three guys right there that while they can still go, it's, you know, they're going to have to start bringing up some of the younger talent. And, of course, they're, they're battling, you know, they're competing with Ring of Honor and MLW and, uh, and you know, even New Japan Pro Wrestling of America. Uh, and let's let's not forget, you know, the two big dogs, WWE and AEW. They're battling with all of them for for you know the 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 latest and greatest from the whether it's the indie wrestling scene or if it's you know just an athlete that just seems to have the 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 moxie to do it. Uh, not Moxley, just Moxie. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I mean, I mean, I'll. I'm going to be there at the Bomb Factory in Dallas. Uh, I already know that a few of my few of my colleagues. Uh, I know Mike Johnson, PW Insider, is going to be there. I think um, uh, Nick Hausman from Wrestling Inc. will be there. By the way, qu- uh, quick thanks to Nick for joining me on the preview for Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, he and I had a fun time. Um, I think he was talking about being there for for this. I'll be interested to I'll be interested to hear from them what they think and and what the the visual that, that I think that's the thing I'm waiting on is is the visual at the end of that match at the end of the night 
Tessa Blanchard standing in the middle of that ring in the bomb factory with the Impact World title in her hand and the referee raising the other hand. I think that's when it's going to hit everybody. Until then, it's still kind of a... Uh, we'll see. So, uh, Anyway, that's Impact Wrestling's Hard to Kill. It is this Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. That'll be on pay-per-view and Fight TV. Uh, and that'll come to you from the Bomb Factory in Dallas. Bomb Factory, a great venue for combat sports. I know a lot of boxing MMA happens there as well. So it should be a great night, a great weekend in the Dallas-Fort Worth area for pro wrestling this weekend. When we come back from this timeout, we'll let you know what's happening in independent wrestling around the area. You're listening to Sports Guys Talking Wrestling. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, this is Tessa Blanchard, and you're listening to Sports Guys Talking Wrestling. Sports Guys Talking Wrestling, Stu Myrick, Justin the Smash Simmons. Yeah, as we said in the last segment, that visual of her holding that Impact World title. I think it happens. That's a, that's a real thing. It's a real possibility. It really is. I think it happens sooner than later. Yeah. Um, there is some good independent wrestling happening this weekend. We got to tell you about it. We will start in Dallas-Fort Worth. <laughs> because as if you didn't have enough wrestling on Saturday and Sunday, you might as well start Friday night with DFW All Pro Wrestling. They are going to have a Champion is Born 3. That'll be Friday night at American Legion Post 655 in Haltom City. Bell time, 7 p.m. Lou Gotti, Angel Camacho, Miranda Elize, Nate Collins, and more. That's DFW All-Pro Wrestling Friday night in Haltom City. Saturday night, Metroplex Wrestling presents dirt, Dire Consequences. That'll be at the MPX Arena in Bedford. Bell time, 8 p.m. Wesley Crane, Sky Dilla Cremosa, Stephen Kirby, Jackson Stone, and more. That's Metroplex Wrestling Saturday night in Bedford. And then Sunday, right here in Austin. Anarchy Championship Wrestling presents Guilty by Association 14. It'll be this Sunday at the Mohawk on Red River here in Austin. Bell time, 6 p.m. Unholy Isaiah James defends the ACW Heavyweight Championship against Steve Orino. Christy James will defend the hardcore title in a triple threat against Jeff Gant and Sky Della Cremosa, plus more. I know uh, Rodney, uh, Rodney Mack will be there. Uh, Kurt Stallion will be there and more. That's Anarchy Championship Wrestling, Guilty by Association 14 this Sunday at the Mohawk, 912 Red River, right here in the good old ATX. And that's a look at independent wrestling around the area. Make sure you go see a show near you. Support independent wrestling. There we go. That was fun. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Um, Feels like you haven't left off one bit. 
Well, you know, after four years, I think we got we kind of got this done, down, don't you think? I would say so. By the way, congratulations. Four years. No, Who would have thunk it? I know that they let us talk wrestling. I know. And <laughs> yeah, two and a half years on, on the Horn Airwaves. And we are we will be back on January twenty second. Um they've got uh as we said, they're preempted this week because of the battle against OU and I haven't seen a score yet. Next week they the Longhorns are playing at Oklahoma State, so we'll be preempted next week, but we will be back January twenty second, eight PM Central on the Horn. That's one oh four nine one oh one nine AM twelve sixty. Uh, of course, you can stream it from anywhere in the world on hornfm.com and the Horn Austin app. Uh, real quick, a uh, couple things. First of all, our our hearts go out to everybody in Australia, the, the, the massive brush fires that are happening. I know there are several fundraisers that are happening. For instance, I know Cody Rhodes has a special kind of a retro T-shirt that he's got available on Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, go to prowrestlingtees.com slash Cody. You'll see the shirt. The proceeds from that go to the New South Wales Rural Fire Service to help them battle those brush fires. Chris Jericho, I think the auction's still going on. He is auctioning the pain, the pain maker shirt that he wore in the Tokyo Dome for his match with Hiroshi Tanahashi. Go to eBay.com. Just look up pain maker Chris Jericho. You should find that, and his the proceeds from that will go to help those in need in Australia. Um, I I got to visit Australia once when I was in the Army. Uh, wonderful country, even better people, and so my heart hurts for them. I, I hope that they can get those fires out and everybody can recover uh, in short order. So what do you got going this weekend? That's a good question. <laughs> I mean, I have a lot of stuff that I need to get sent out and then get ready for for the following week. I'm not sure if I have a game this weekend per se, but then again, that can all change. Uh, I've been like getting calls like day of. So yeah. even I did games last week that I wasn't expecting to do. That's so. the, the, the life of a freelancer, right? Basically, you yeah. have to kind of take it when it comes your That's way. That's right. I get you. I get you. Um, as I mentioned, I will be in Dallas-Fort Worth for both MLW and Impact Wrestling. So if you're listening to this and you see me up there, please say hi. Love to love to hear from you. Uh, should be two really good events. I'm looking forward to that and should be a lot of fun up in Dallas. And then uh, getting ready in about two and a half weeks, jet down to Miami for Super Bowl 54. So I think we find out next weekend who will play in the super bowl divisional round is this week by the way quick uh quick opinion on mike mccarthy as the new head coach of the dallas cowboys uh i'm not in love with it still i I was hoping to have a coach that was going to be more in tune with the running game and get that going but i don't know man at least garrett's gone (laughs) (laughs) at least garrett's gone it took him a week to break up with jason garrett then it took him 48 hours to to hire mccarthy well i mean jerry moves fast you know he has people just spend the night at his house that's true that's how how you you know know. got that palatial estate on in highland park um i'm i'm kind of with you It, it wasn't the sexiest hire for sure um but he had a seven and three record against the Cowboys during his tenure in Green Bay. Yeah, but he also had Aaron Rodgers. He also had Aaron Rodgers. I get that. We'll see. I I'm gonna take a wait and see approach with it, as you know, as I should. 
it's it's not the worst hire, but yeah, it's there's no there's not really a lot of sizzle to it. So <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, anyway, that'll do it for Sports Guys Talking Wrestling for this week. You can follow Justin Smash Simmons on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch at the Smash Simmons. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Stu Myrick. That's S T E W M Y R I C K. Oh yeah, make sure you ask those people. Do I look, really look like Ralph Macchio? I, I really don't see it. But that last photo—that's what they said. Let, yeah, let us know on Twitter. Uh, follow us on Twitter at sgtwatx, and let us know if Justin looks like Ralph Macchio. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Sportscast Talking Wrestling. We are proud to be the official broadcast partner of the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. And proud to be part of the great lineup you hear every day on the flagship station for the Texas Longhorns. We are the Horn. Catch us starting January 22nd, Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Central on the Horn. Or you can catch us anytime on demand by going to hornfm.com, click on the on air tab, or by subscribing to us on iTunes, Spotify, or any other podcast provider you use. Our big thanks to Dave LaGreca from SiriusXM and Busted Open for joining us, and our thanks to you for giving us a little bit of your time tonight. For Justin, I'm Stu. We will see you at the matches. Goodbye and good night.